0: Hello and welcome to, on the other hand sir, a podcast for history students. Okay, on with today's podcast. Hi, today in this podcast episode I will be talking about women in the Soviet Union, particularly um, Soviet snipers in the war effort and the changing positions of women in soviet society firstly i wrote a bit of a story um about women in the war effort so i will read that which is a bit embarrassing so (laughs) The all too familiar screeching lull of the rows of metal beasts beside me penetrate my restless sleep, forcing me back into routine, 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 and I have to pull my small body into motion, shrugging off the bitter warmth of a worn sheet. I immediately shudder, exposed to the biting cold of the cavernous room. Food is the first and only thing on my mind. permanent presence each hour, each minute, and I can see the other women and girls shuffling with impatience. We had stayed overnight here. It's necessary, is what they always said, but the hard truth is that all our quotas are near impossible and we are all but disposable. The acrid stench of coal that has clung to me since my arrival gnaws at my throat, and I blink away the tears that have gathered in my eyes in response. Gazing through my lashes at the shuttered windows that reflect a sunken, gray city blanketed in dawn. It is the heart of communism, the indispensable center of our war effort. It is Magnetogorsk. Its name shapes and leaves pain on my tongue. Here, rations. They hand stiff bread to me. The unmistakable grey of sawdust maliciously inviting my senses. Yet the sudden touch of another's hand is immediately displacing. I know we are all missing someone or somewhere in a place like this. The soup is lukewarm and tasteless. The faint notes of potato (laughs) tricking my senses into thinking it will be more filling than it is. A cold mist slowly rising off its hazy surface. I finish it in seconds. We rise in unison, a collective force that meets the eyes of the colourful posters surrounding the room, which depict faces of pure joy. Our breaths intermingle in the stuffy air. Our hands meet the cool, colossal manufacturing machines. Their greased surfaces reflect sullen expressions and the streaks of grime on my face which contrast against the stark blue of my eyes. Elsewhere, across the dull groan of the city at work, 20,000 men work in the mines that fuel our country. The rest of the original 50,000 are at the front shuddering at the roar of murderous guns. We each count our own blessings. We work until the muscles in our bodies feel like snapping, and each ache echoes a thousand more. If I am asked why, I say for Stalin yet I tell myself it is to survive. After the day's work, I wander home alone through symmetrical blocks of cemented buildings, and the only time I have to myself when everything is planned and shared. From the corner of my eye, I notice the distinct suffering shape of a camp, each wall lined brazenly with swirls of barbed wire, and each minute is accompanied by the sharp, violating shriek of a whistle. In an instant, the habitual Tartar response rises out of me, and a familiar longing for home reverberates through my body, summoned by the babbling of Polish and Belarusian, and I know all too well what has happened to them. They will be the invisible figures toiling throughout the night and shuffled away by morning. Starved and abused, yet essential to making this industrial giant rise from the ground. A ground streaked with the blood of thousands. Fragmented memories of a fireplace, a warm lullaby, and hands viciously grabbing me, flood my mind. It is a torrent of lost hope. Um, I was gonna finish the story uh, with her eventually becoming a female sniper. And I have some interesting facts about female snipers. Um there are many female famous Soviet snipers from World War Two, such as Rosa Shinaina and Lyudmila Pavlichenko, who had three hundred and nine confirmed kills, and even visited Franklin Roosevelt's White House, Um, many female snipers were awarded um, heroes of the Soviet Union um, and many medals. Yet, of the 2,500 female snipers, only 500 survived by the end of the war. One reason why Rosa Shanina is famous is because she kept a wartime diary, um, which was published and was regularly in Soviet newspapers. Um, Pavlichenko is one of the deadliest snipers in military history. And she became incredibly famous and actually trained other snipers she was one of the first wave of volunteers to join the army and there were actually many female volunteers who were recruited by the soviet union um many became nurses um or were simply put into sniper training because they couldn't really be on the ground combat soldiers but i thought it was really cool female snipers however instances where they were captured tortured um perhaps raped and then executed are quite stunning um and horrifying Um, If we look at positions of women in the Soviet Union, um, Karl Marx actually advocated for the end of the oppression of women, and he criticized the bourgeois of viewing them as solely as instruments of production. Um, One thing that was good was that to increase productive efficiently efficiency, the state provided cheap daycare facilities um, so that there were few stay-at-home mothers and offered um, maternity leave. Another thing was that because of education, progression of education, there were higher literacy rates amongst women than before however um higher illiteracy rates compared to men and in Leningrad um employment in the workforce rose from 44% to 50% um between 1935 and 1937 and 50 to 60% of doctors were women However, unfortunately, in comparison to men, there were 318 male factory directors, yet only 20 female in Leningrad. Moreover, with family, um, the state promoted state-run children's homes um, to instill popular social attitudes, which meant Um, mothers did not really have control over what their children were being taught. Moreover, in 1936, in comparison to before when abortion was legalized under Lenin, um, abortion was made illegal in order to strengthen family life. And mothers with six or more children were rewarded with up to a quarter of their salary. Within family life, um, men actually left villages in millions to find work in big cities, such as Magnitogorsk. Um, but this also meant they abandoned their families. And because of the lack of a pass- an efficient passport system, many of them weren't found responsible for abandoning their families. Moreover, housing was scarce and families of three generations sometimes had to live in 11 meter squared rooms. The average space per resident in Leningrad fell by almost three meters squared from 8.5 meters squared to 5.8 meters squared in just a period of eight years, 1927 to 1935. Working conditions for women were also quite low, or for everyone, actually. Um, although there was free nationalized health care, um, many people had low fixed salaries. And um, many used the black market to bribe for services and medicine that were unavailable in the healthcare system. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a book to study as well in the library. Um, yes. Oh, one thing that I find amazing is that women have always participated in war. And... Um, warrior women who don't fit conventional gender roles have been marginalized, delegitimized, or sanctified. Um, so Stalin being able to modify traditional patriarchal attitudes about the role of women was quite progressive, even though it was due to a lack of men um, in the field. In 1917, um, the Russian Revolution gave Russian women legal equality. Um, Yeah, and many many work women worked in factories or served as field medics. Okay, generations of girls were inspired by these women. Thank you for listening to my podcast.